0: No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Star Trek Thursday. I'm Matt, and I'm here along with... Captain John. Captain John Beard Picard Riker. Luke. <laughs> um, So, John Luke Picard Riker Beard. Uh, we're talking about where no one has gone before happy with the update because even with tos it was like you know there's women on this ship right
0: and oh yeah and by by 87 we come long enough that we were able to make that uh you know make that change exactly like it just it didn't make sense not
1: having it so anyway um my question to you is john because i can talk about this episode for a while there's a lot i want to say what are your thoughts about it so far
0: um, uh, about, uh, about this particular episode?
1: Yeah, about, not about TOS, uh, about, uh, where no one has gone before.
0: Right, so this, this one I, I would consider probably the, really the first pr- pretty decent episode in, in season one. Um, you know, I I'm realize gonna it s- isn't saying a, a whole hell of a lot, but I would said you can, you can tell that things are starting to come together.
1: I need to interrupt and say, I'm gonna also say I think this is the first good episode outside of part of the pilot. I don't know which half. Uh, this is, yeah, no, I'm not saying this was a great episode, but it was good, and it's what we needed so far, because there's been a lot of bad.
0: Right, so this was a pretty solid, you know, pretty solid episode. Not, not, the, not the greatness that we would eventually get, but, you know, it definitely a step in the right direction, I would say. It's the first, like, genuinely watchable one that we've seen so far.
1: I love that, I, I don't know, I just love that description. Is it great? No, but generally watchable.
0: And, and there's, you know, it might be a case of damning by faint praise, but no. It, it's, a, it's a solid episode. And it, and it really it feels like it's a very, you know, and, and true, to, true to its name, it feels like a very Star Trek episode.
1: And something that's very strange about it is there's something in this episode that's so bad that maybe some people would say that it is the worst episode, maybe of the whole season or the worst episode so far. But I think that even with how bad the Wesley thing is, there was so much great in the idea of, you know, the whole visualizing your thoughts thing, having the traveler, who I hope does appear again in the future, or someone of his uh, race also appears again in the future, because it's yes. such an amazing... In this series or in general?
0: Uh, no, he he does make a couple more appearances in the, uh, in the series.
1: Good, because it's a character that I would feel very odd if we just kind of threw away after this, because it is such an amazing concept. Um... But no, the stuff with Wesley. I mean, we can even get to it right now. What the hell? Why? And I, we've talked about why before, potentially. But John, just existentially, why?
0: <laughs> well, you you know what? Uh, you know, if, it, it is, is, if it's part of the cosmic plan, I'm sure that it's not for us to know what uh, purpose it would serve. But really, the short answer is the fact that he was he was a, a self-insertion character still at this point in the series. So making him be extra special, and, and in this case, be the uh, the chosen one, you know, is uh, you know like I guess that's 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 part of it.
1: So we talked about him being a self-insertion character for Gene Roddenberry before, but I don't believe you mentioned in previous episodes, or maybe you did, and I forgot terrible memory that Gene Roddenberry's middle name is Wesley. Yes, I did not know that.
0: Which probably goes a long way to explaining why why Wesley is is what would be considered a you know a Marty a Marty Stew. Is because, like I said, it's a lot of, of what I think Gene Rodberry wanted to be when he was that age. And, you know, he definitely put a lot of himself, you know, brilliant, misunderstood, you know, that kind of thing.
1: I'm definitely going to uh, sound like a broken record because I've mentioned this before. So sorry, longtime fans. But I just, I think that the biggest problem with Wesley isn't even uh, who played him, it's just, uh, which was, um, I can't remember his name off the top of my head Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton, uh, Will Wheaton. It's not even his fault. It's just how old he was at the time. He needed to be younger to make this golly gee willicker shtick work. But being what uh, he's not a 30-year-old playing a 10-year-old or 15-year-old, but he definitely he's because well, that happens. You know, John. That, Glee. That,
0: that would be extreme, Dawson's Creek casting, where it's just like he's thirty years old. He's like, I want to go on the bridge, Captain. Why don't you? Why do you let me play on the bridge and let me fire the phasers?
1: So we're doing this. We're <laughs> just letting him do this. We're just. We're just. Ca- I have to call him boy. You know, in the British theatre, we would not do such things. In the theatre, in the theatre troupe, we did no such things.
0: Enough of this malarkey and tomfoolery.
1: Oh, my God. Stop laughing. No one's laughing. Stop it. Someone was laughing. I heard it. It was on the fourth floor, room D5. Stop (laughs) it. None of this.
0: One other thing worth uh, worth mentioning, though, is the fact Mm. that this is based on a very similar premise from a TOS novel. Called the Wounded Sky. It's not, you know, it's not like a direct remake or anything like that. But it's heavily Mm. inspired by Diane Duane novel um, from from the TOS era.
1: Wait, so it's a novel that came out around the time of TOS, or it came out later, but it's set in TOS times.
0: It it came out. I think it came out later, uh, but it was set in the TOS uh, era.
1: Right. Okay. And again, brilliant concept. I really enjoyed it. And something else I enjoyed in this episode as well is even though they didn't really do as much, they found a way to include everyone. And I feel like that's something that has been kind of missing from certain episodes of TOS, where you kind of sit around and you're like, what's so-and-so doing? And even TNG has had some of that throughout some of these episodes. Yeah, but TNG in this one
0: is much more of an ensemble cast. You know, it's not, whereas, you know, with TOS it was the big three, and then the other characters were kind of just used to pad out, you know, the scenes as necessary.
1: Yeah, and I the reason why I mentioned this, John, is because, again, TNG has had some of that here and now, for the, uh, here and then for the past few episodes, a little bit. But with this one, with how big it was, I mean, literally, they're at the edge of the galaxy. Well, no, they're a few galaxies away, and then out of nowhere, they're at the edge of the galaxy. You can't just... Ha- you, be, you have to be sitting around and being like, yeah, what's Troy thinking? Or what's Yar thinking? You know, what is Worf thinking And I'm happy that they went to everyone, even, again, it felt like Worf was really doing more of a cameo than actually being in the episode. But I'm, I still appreciate them actually having him there, because it would be so odd if for the whole episode we never saw, like, Yar or Worf. It'd be weird.
0: Right. So every, every everybody gets something to do. Everybody gets to contribute to the story, or at least to the atmosphere in some way. Which, like I said, and it gives it gives us an opportunity, kind of like what they tried to do, and I think what they had intended to do with the Naked Now and was failed to kind of, was to kind of show us, yeah, and failed was to kind of show us a little bit into the minds of these new characters. And I think that this was a pretty a pretty elegant way to do that. Honestly, like I said, I think they had a, had better luck with that this time around. You know, gave us glimpses into into. Uh, you know Yar's you know childhood on the on the failed colony, uh you know a little bit about even just like I said a little a little bit into his the first mean, appearance of of uh, Targ's I believe.
1: Yeah, I mean fuck this one probably should have been that episode honestly, like it should have been slotted in for that episode. Having this air within the first few episodes would have sold me personally.
0: Right, right. So they could have led with that rather than the, you know, the naked now. But um, oh, real, real funny note about the. Uh, okay, not real funny, but real quick note about the uh, Targ mm. is actually that was a boar uh, that they had, hey, they had, you know, dressed up to look like a Targ. Sounds about,
1: sounds about right.
0: Um, and it was a real life boar, and she left a stain on the carpet that took like months to get out.
1: Patrick Stewart walks around. Even the boar is more calm than the rest of you. <laughs> Oh, can I mention as well? So look, I just like everyone else. I understand why there are pro I don't know if I have problems with Wesley, but I understand why there are problems now. But Jesus H. Christ, what has the child done to make other characters not even use his name? He's just a boy. Yeah. But, what, but what, if, what if... He even says it. And maybe some people out there were like, Oh, I can't believe he's defying them. But no, I'm sitting there and I'm like... Because well, the second that he goes, uh, my name's Wesley Crusher, sir. I'm like, yeah, you're right,
0: dude. It, yeah, that got obnoxious that they kept doing that. And I know the whole point was that, oh, the adults don't listen to Wesley, but Wesley's right. You know, then they were kind of playing that to the hill. But yeah, it got, it got obnoxious. And, but, but it was worth something that at least the character pointed it out in the show.
1: Yes, thank God. And but the reason why I think it's obnoxious as well is because I don't know, there's something about like, okay, I know like we've been joking around about, you know, Patrick Stewart, but I do feel as if and there have been stories of this. Season one Patrick Stewart would call him boy. Like, personally. Like, instead of calling him Will, probably call him Boy. But the character of Jean Luke Picard, and I know I have only had a few episodes uh of you know meeting this character. But I don't know, just from what I've seen and from the way everyone describes Jean-Luc Picard, this doesn't seem characteristic of him to be like, look at this little shit, boy. Like, I don't know. I'm not saying he lets him on the bridge now, right? But for some reason, there is so much contempt whenever he talks about Wesley, and it's so odd.
0: Well, you know what, it's season one, Picard, who's a bit cranky. You know, a bit a bit stenorian. But some and, of uh, some of
1: the episodes, he doesn't seem this cranky. Like if he's talking to other people, like like honest to God, it feels like he if he if he wasn't uh his uh his superior officer, it'd be like
0: Riker coming for a hug. Right? Yeah, and, and and he he's you know, he he quickly warms up just just as Patrick Stewart did behind the scenes. Right. You know, he warmed up to the to the other character, you know, both Picard and, and Stewart warmed up to their colleagues. But um yeah, so it was—it was—it was season one. Picard, who I think resented the fact that, you know, because remember, Picard doesn't like children, and he kind of had Wesley foisted on him by Crusher because a they're old friends, and b he really, really wants to hook up with her. Yeah, right. He wants to boldly go. Dude, um, the writer's bible, the writer's bible for the show, says that he only puts up with Wesley because he wants to get with his mom.
1: I. That's interesting. That I forgot like, that I forgot that they even, I forgot that they did that.
0: Not even not even exaggerating.
1: <laughs> I forgot that they did that. Okay. So um but yeah, no. Again, look, I don't uh, I just uh, let's move on. Let's move on from Wesley just for a second. Um I like the I like the prosthetics that they used for the traveler. Fun fact, I didn't know this. Uh the traveler was actually he auditioned for the role of Data and was mm-hmm. close to being Data.
0: That's yeah, Eric, super interesting. Eric, um, I think it was Eric Menyuk was the guy's name. Mm-hmm. He was a runner up. He was a pretty close runner up for Data.
1: That's nuts to think about that he actually could have been Data.
0: Yeah. No, it's and there was there's actually a lot of a lot of um you know, sw- swapping around a lot, a lot of interesting finalists for the uh, for the parts. You know, the guy that played the Rocketeer was uh, runner up for Riker. Huh. And the guy that played uh, ended up playing Wayun and a bunch of other characters in other Trek series was also a uh, Jeffrey Combs is also up for consideration for Data. For uh, for Riker.
1: Oh, okay, for Riker. Um, no, it's so interesting because, uh, like, I'm happy that I feel like certain shows they usually go all right, goodbye. And they just kind of, like, send you off. But it's actually nice that they had him uh, come on to be another character. Especially one like The Traveler, who does have all... Like, it's interesting how... I'm not saying that he's basically Data. But it is interesting that it is a role of great importance. And, you know, mental... Uh, a lot of smarts there, I guess. I can't... I don't have a lot of mental... Um, I'm trying it's to think cerebral, of the right words. It's
0: a cerebral character. It's kind of a mysterious and, and soft-spoken character. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, it's good that they don't let anybody go to waste. Like, you know, maybe he didn't end up landing the role, you know, for Data, but they still liked what he could do. You know, they still found that he had something to offer the show. So, you know, they, they bring him on as a guest star. You know, they do that with a few other people, too.
1: No, I, I really did enjoy that. Um, and I felt it was interesting. I feel like this, even though I liked it as a, as a standalone – I think this is an episode that could have been a two-parter, and I wouldn't have complained.
0: Right, because the thing is, they were sent to a completely different galaxy, so it would it would it would track that it would take a little a little doing to get them back, you know. So that wouldn't yeah. that wouldn't be a terrible idea for a you know for a two-parter, especially if you wanted to explore, um, which I think they had originally intended to explore a little bit a little bit deeper into the illusions and and you know put put the characters in, in a variety of different situations that they had to get out of based around their own thoughts i think that uh uh jack crusher that wesley wesley's uh, dad was supposed to appear in some fashion as like an oh. image or as a as a uh but that but that was also like I said that was an earlier draft of the script where they were kind of getting into it more
1: is this on your uh your cd rom
0: that you have no, this was uh, this was just a, I actually forgot, forgot where I heard it. It might have been Memory Alpha or one of those, but it wasn't. It wasn't in the original in like an early draft of the script. It was like a really really early concept of the story.
1: Oh okay, yeah. I, I it's a problem because I feel as if if this did get split up into two, they probably would have found a way just to elongate the earlier parts, the techno babble parts, and they would have ended the two parter like the first half at them being you know three hundred what was it, 300 years away from home? Yeah, something like that. So I think that they would have just stopped it there instead of doing something really cool and keeping up the weird stuff that was going on. And I think what was interesting, too, is I thought initially Worf would have looked like he was hallucinating to everybody else. But no, people could see the illusions, and that was interesting.
0: Right, exactly. It wasn't just visible to you. It was, you know, everybody else as well.
1: And it wasn't technically an illusion. Like, that boar could have killed them all.
0: Oh, yeah. After the Targ. The Targ just goes crazy on everybody.
1: I mean, well, actually, I feel like between the Targ and the cat, the cat probably would hurt more people. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, no, because we saw, we saw uh, the Targ. We saw the cat. We saw... The funniest thing to me was the fire. Only because, and I'm not blaming the actor. I don't know if I'd do any better. But him going, ah, ah, ah. Like, it kind of felt like a PS1 game. Voice acting?
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, the thing is, he was probably trying to trying to react to something that wasn't there. Because obviously I, they had to add the fire in post. I, so but I feel like they probably told him it was fire, it's just he didn't know how
1: close it was to him.
0: Yeah, ow, ow, oh no.
1: Well no, because it was close enough that I'm like, he should actually be suffering some burns? Or maybe some smoke inhalation? I don't
0: Yeah, convection was... conve- convection, schminvection. Sh- sh-
1: I mean, it was again. It was it was close. It was too close. Um, Also, the scene with Yar—that's come. uh, I have the episode playing in the background as we talk about it. Um, That scene at least made—I don't know—more sense than the first time they did it. Like it, it kind of came out of nowhere. Like I'm—I'm not saying that I'm. It's weird because the first time it happened, I was like, "Why are they doing this? Damn it! Why are they doing this?" But now that they've stuck with it, and they're like, "You know what? This did happen." If we're gonna have these illusions, let's you know have this show up. Okay, it just is so odd to me that I I, I mean look, if I was in Lafor uh, yeah LaForge's position, I wouldn't know what to say either. But literally, you have Yar being like, I was there with the rape gangs in my colony, and he's like, Are you okay? Are you all right? Like, I don't know what I would say personally, but it's just such a weird reaction. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's it's an it's an odd subject to to Broch, and at least in in this case, they had a bit more of an organic uh, lead in for it. Yeah, you know, it, it made it made a bit of you know it made a bit of sense in context.
1: Yeah, because it didn't make sense with the oh you're drunk, so you want to have sex because rape gangs and your I was like what? And I know yeah, like, there's a greater context to it, but it just boils down. It just doesn't add up. Even though she was drunk, still it doesn't add up. It wasn't. It's not a sensual thing. So why is sex being thrown in when it was about rape? So in this case, it's a traumatic experience. You're showing it in a traumatic way, and she met a cat there. So that makes sense why the cat would be there.
0: Right. Exactly. So it had a bit. There was a bit of context for it. It was a bit more organic than it might have been in the 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 you know, the previous couple times that it was. Uh,
1: I think it was only mentioned once so far.
0: Yeah, and yeah. I, I couldn't remember whether it was mentioned in the pilot or not, or if she just said that she in the pilot that she came that she came from a rough place and then we didn't find out until the naked now exactly you know exactly how bad it was
1: it, she may have said that in the pilot but i think that it may have come up during the um you know during the q the q the, the q inquisition the quince the Quincy. uh yeah the trial that's a better way to frame it um yeah i again i feel weird about it but again if it gets expl if it gets explored like this through a traumatic lens and not a sexual lens I'm not going to complain. It's just the reason why I complained the first time and even now I have some reservations is because while humanity is always going to have problems, obviously, they're trying to paint TNG as like, we're here, we got there. And on, even as a child, I mean, unless they also get unnaturally, like they age unnaturally the same way that, um uh oh God uh forester bones bones uh the way bones did where he's like in his 130s by the first episode unless they do that it just is odd to me like oh right now we've reached peak humanity i'm talking about like we're all chill everything's great none of the wars i mean we're, we're just traveling the galaxy we're doing just fine 20 years ago though we did have some rape gangs but like now we're
0: good yeah, that always kind of bothered me, actually, that they said that, that Picard is standing there saying that, oh, humanity has evolved past such barbarism and blah, blah, blah. And in the background is standing as chief of security who, who grew up with rape gangs, you know. So, it, you know, that, that was kind of interesting, interesting to me because, you know, said that I think the, the colony, you know, I don't know. I think the, the colony that she was part of broke off of the Federation, but it, was, it wasn't just the Federation that was on trial. It was, the, it was humanity.
1: Right, so and, that, you, so, and that, you said... That
0: always bothered... I gotta admit, that always bothered me.
1: And you said, by the way, you said that um, that it's a failed colony. So we're gonna learn more about it later, most likely, but you've said the word failed a few times, so that does make you think, yeah, no, they weren't part of the Federation, like you just stated. So, like, they're not part of... They're humans, but they're not part of the... Like, what we see on screen now. We're seeing
0: the good, the best.
1: they yeah, They were... we're yeah.
0: We are seeing like an idealized, you know, an idealized crew, an idealized earth, an idealized, you know, kind of world. Right. But there are some glaring, you know, some glaring issues with it that I feel like, you know, it's like, oh, no, it's perfect. The future's perfect. You know, we're all that, all that barbarism that's, you know, that's behind us. That's in, that's in the 20th century with you, you know, yeah. with you, with you scumbags watching us, watching this in <laughs> 1987.
1: Yes. Sing the theme song, scum. Uh oh actually it's funny. Like imagine Yar just confronts him, like you know we had like these gangs, right? He's like, Oh my god, we had none of that in France. I apologize. <laughs> so by the way, I love that he's just randomly French. Nothing about him so far has made me think, and I know people are gonna be like, Matt, his name is fucking Jean-Luc
0: Picard, but like and Yeah, so he was actually the character's French, the, the actor of course is very British. And yeah. I think I think there were some early attempts when when the show was in production. I think I remember Patrick Stewart saying in an in an interview that they had him read the uh you know the space the final frontier monologue in a French accent to see how it would sound and it sounded re- like something out of Pink Panther so they decided, you know what? Patrick Stewart has a very distinctive voice and a very nice accent. Let's just let it stand that he sounds British even though he's very much French.
1: <laughs> that is so funny though. That they, the, I, I just, oh my god, that probably, it probably would have gotten cancelled with season one. <laughs> Picard's like, are you sure I can't do the, Picard, uh, uh, Stuart's like, are you sure I can't do the French accent? I can, I can do it very, very, very well. That's space, not even.
0: Final, space, the final frontier.
1: The final frontier. Baro. She is so fast.
0: Space, she is so fast.
1: Oh my god. Star date. By the way, if you think my French accent is bad, maybe we should go check out the uh, the tapes for Stewart. Um, he can do his own accent very well. By the way, how funny is it they hire a British guy? He already has a great sounding accent, commanding. Again, great voice. Like, why wouldn't you just hire an American dude to do a British uh, to do a French accent, or just hire a French guy?
0: But you know what? They needed. I think they needed. Uh, they needed Patrick Stewart. You know, they needed no, his no, voice, they, they, needed his, they needed his presence.
1: No, no, they did. I'm just saying, it's kind of silly that they were like, what if he does a French accent? Why?
0: For what purpose? Yeah, we'll get a British guy and just have him sound, you know, have him sound French.
1: Why? why? Also, and, I don't know why he needed to be French. I mean, I'm not saying, look, I, I, I'm cool with all types of representation, especially of humanity, but I don't know why he needed to be French.
0: I think they were going for and and, the, and this might have been another thing that came came through in the writers' bibles. They were looking for like a Jacques Cousteau type character, oh, like, duh. like an exp- yeah. like, a, you know, like a you know, like an undersea explorer, but in space kind of kind of deal. Right.
1: So does that mean that uh, Picard has a mistress? Um,
0: uh, not that not that we know of, or at least uh, at least not as far as uh, what, well, Jacques I mean- Cousteau a mistress.
1: I'll say this much. I'll say this much. If um if Wesley really is his kid, he's basically had a secret family all along. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> did so did you not know that he actually had a secret family and mistress and when his wife passed away, he just married the mistress? Jacques Christo. Yeah.
0: Wow. No, I didn't know that.
1: Yeah. Kind of had a falling out with his son. I wonder why. Um uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh not not saying he's not a good uh explorer just saying that is what happened and i when i heard just, about it
0: just did a little a little too much spelunking in the bunk
1: he did a little too much exploring that's what he did
0: exactly gotta settle down
1: out. Do, yeah out, exactly. Oh, man. exactly jesus christ uh so anyway so you but that's a good point though they probably were thinking of a jacques Cousteau, and well i mean i i get it but no like i don't know it's just something that maybe at the time it, it was very of course in the 80s that was very relevant but now in the 2010s it's just not really it doesn't click
0: yeah but it's, and then honestly i feel like his 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 being french kind of ends up being incidental because early on in season 1 they were they were trying to do like a, a thing where he's very proud he's like fiercely proud of his french heritage and, and speaks in glowing terms of the culture and becomes defensive when it, anybody criticizes it but they drop it they drop that running joke pretty quickly i don't think it survives much past the first few episodes it
1: really i don't know it really d- i haven't seen much of it other than this in these few episodes other than this one episode where he's like mama
0: yes of course oh, yeah, mama that's what they yeah, call uh, that's mommy or mom uh, and yeah. friend french but you're dead Yes, and you were also
1: French. Things change, darling.
0: <laughs> I just, um, but also his choice, though, is that sometimes he'll say, and, and I think this carried on into into some of the later episodes too, was that occasionally he'll say uh, Merde, which is uh, French for a a, a a you know certain four letter word that begins with the S. <laughs>
1: Oh, that's interesting. And the reason why it's interesting is I'm wondering how it's used in French, on French television or in France in general. Because, no, because there's certain ones that uh, we get wrong in the U.S. all the time. Like the B word, for you know, mm-hmm. used in Britain usually. Yeah, the B word is actually... It, it, it means... They use it as like the F word, but it's not meant to be the F word. It's actually... Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> it's one of those things where I wonder how that's used in France. Um, either way, though, I told you from the beginning of this episode that I knew that there was a grift going on. I just didn't know that it was actually—I didn't know the type of grift because I, honest to God, thought it was one of those like you pull up into a town, it's you and your um, and your uh, your assistant, and you're like, "Look at this new toxin." You know, it it makes your teeth grow. It makes your hair white. What? uh, And you can warp speed to new galaxies. Like, I don't know. I just. I looked at yeah, it as a great.
0: Well, Kaczynski ended up being a snake oil salesman. And really, he was, everything was. It was but, like the traveler beer. Yeah, they were kind of like a song. You know, it was a song, kind of the song. Kaczynski was kind of like the song and dance man. You know, when it yes. was really the traveler that was making everything happen.
1: But to be fair, it wasn't. It was. A, it technically is a grift, yes, but it wasn't. There was no purpose. Like I thought, once the first half of the episode was done and they were in a random galaxy, it's like, all right, so uh, pay up. I mean, you want to get home, right? But no, it was actually just he wanted to travel, and I think that was a, that was a more optimistic way to look at this whole thing, really.
0: Yeah, then it was the, more and more so than Kaczynski being a con artist. It was really like I said, it was it was about you know Kaczynski was almost incidental to the whole thing. Yeah. He was kind of just along for the ride.
1: It's, no, but it's interesting because, like, there was no money exchanged. I, I mean, they say that they were with the Federation. I don't know why they – I don't know what's up with that, though. Like, you would think that if they weren't with the Federation, you could just make a quick phone call. It's not – this is why it kind of came off as the, um, like, a 19 – not even a 19 – an 1800s grift because it felt to me personally like it was like, oh, man, we've worked with the U.S. president. Wow, you worked with the U.S. President? Of course I have. Don't call him up. I mean, you can't. We don't have phones. You could write to him. Once I leave town. Like, it kind of felt like that. Where it's just like, we came on behalf of the Federation. Been approved by the Federation. You know the Federation. Of course you know the Federation. Look at you. Big, sharp man like you knows the Federation. You gotta have a gimmick, son. And while I'm at it, I can sell you some hair tonic, too. Oh, uh, Picard would, yes. Um, But you see what I'm saying, though. Like, it felt like... He just felt like a fast talker it into town with some miracle bullshit.
0: Yeah, no, and it's an interesting way of looking at it. I actually didn't even think of that. I just figured that the guy was, you know, a fraud, basically, that thought he was something special when in reality his, you know, his his magic tricks were all, uh, it, it's not that they weren't real, it's just that somebody else was kind of, you know, pulling the strings.
1: Yeah, I knew someone else was pulling the strings. The second we have the traveler phasing in and out, I'm like, oh, Okay, so we know he's the one that's really behind this. That's fair. Um, and But what's funny was when you had uh, Kaczynski, when he's sitting there and he's like, uh-oh, I'm like, uh, he doesn't want the grift to get found out because there's something wrong with Fazy over there. I didn't know that he was the traveler. So I'm like, there's something wrong with FaZe, and that means this whole thing is going to blow up in their face, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, no, the hair tonic actually makes your piss purple or something. <laughs> I don't know how yeah, it gets there, sure. but uh, <laughs> I don't know how the aerotonic like eventually gets there, but it makes your piss purple. uh um, yeah, it's not for us to know. No, it's not. Uh, yeah, it It was just interesting that it actually became very, very optimistic with, I just want to go places. I was like, oh, that's actually pretty nice.
0: You know, he is the traveler after all, so it was an interesting way to... To uh, you know, to kind of bring him into the fold, it was some pretty, pretty, pretty decent for their time special effects. Uh, well, no, well, remember they were movies, updated. Uh, were, were they? Was it? Were they updated for like the blue for the? Because like, what is it, the ne- the Netflix version is based on the the Blu-ray, and did they redo yes. it? Yes,
1: yes. I I I don't know if we've had this conversation, John. Everything was updated, but in the most respectful way possible. So I, I can't I can't be upset about them upset at them about it basically they went through each and every shot painstakingly and tried to correct the color to what they originally wanted it to be because when you have the original masters you actually have someone else color correcting for tv versus dvd so they act, or tv or like vhs so they actually tried to get it as close as they could and then when it came to the special effects they actually scanned in all of their old masters like their old like Slides, which is why you could do that because they had everything on tape. You could do that with the original and with TNG, but you can't do that with Voyager because it was all compiled together. That's why Voyager generally looks like shit.
0: And like, that's when what they you say see. The, the, there's probably never going to be like a, like a, a remaster of, or a an HD version of DS Nine or Voyager.
1: Yes, but Enterprise. I think it was because it was being filmed on HD cameras. That one actually looks
0: good. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't look terrible even by today's standards.
1: No, because that was I forgot when it was filmed, but again, they were filming on HD. I think maybe like future-proofing it. Um which is actually well, Enterprise yeah. was
0: 2001 to 2005.
1: Okay. So yeah, I'm pretty sure... I don't know if it was all of Enterprise or the later seasons, but I'm pretty sure they're good with Enterprise. They're good because it was done on tape and everything else was um, overlaid separately, all the effects. So when you have all those overlaid separately, it's the same thing with, like, animation, Where it's like, if you have all the cells, well, you can go back, you can clean some things up. Maybe don't go too heavy with it. Don't, like, remove all the noise. But still, you can clean things up as best as you can. Make some good-looking anime for Blu-ray. But if you only have everything compiled, you can only go so
0: far. That's interesting. I didn't didn't realize that.
1: Yeah, so, and with certain anime made during certain years, when they weren't done on... Like, when they were already compiled, like, just done to tape and not... Uh, I think I'm using the right terms, but not done separately where you had the originals all you know, separate, all the original files. When that was done and it was digital, that's what I'm looking for, digital, not tape. Digital is the bad. is Digital's not good. Tape is good. Um, so, yeah, so they actually painstakingly, that's why the TNG um, seasons were kind of expensive when they came out for DVD and Blu-ray because they tried their damnedest and they did not get a return on their investment. Hmm. Yeah. Um, but I'm assuming they're using those for this because like you said, these effects look too good for if they were just done in the eighties.
0: Yeah, so I mean, honestly like I said, even 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 thinking back to the original, you know, I and mean, like I said, I didn't say the original original broadcast, but when I saw it in reruns on T V, it it didn't look too bad. You know, it felt, oh, no, like, no. decently bad.
1: Again, they're not they're not technically recreating anything. I mean, I'm sure some episodes... I think some episodes did, actually. But I don't think the ones we've seen so far have actually technically recreated any scenes. They just took what they originally had and made it work in HD by upscaling it and doing other, you know, technical
0: stuff. It's a remaster.
1: Yes, it's a remaster. It's not like a remake. So I don't believe they remade the fire. As in, like, oh, the fire was tinier. Or it wasn't fire. It was actually icicles. You know, something like that. Like, no, it was still fire but obviously they had to make sure that it would look good on you know newer televisions and things like that because some people some newer fans might forget if there's any newer fans listening in we used to watch this stuff on old tube tvs old crts some old stuff i mean did you even i feel bad asking john uh, this but there had to have been one tv in your house in the 80s that was not in color
0: um you know what i think by then we i think we only had the one tv and it was in oh, color. oh okay
1: Okay, that's fair. All right. It was the one in um, the den. <laughs> no, because I'm pretty sure I had one TV in my house. Very tiny, though. That was not in color. Very tiny.
0: Yeah, we had. Um, yeah, we we might have had a portable TV, but I think even that was in color. But all, oh okay. yeah, so we, so we just had we had one one big TV in our house, and it was you know definitely. Uh,
1: well, no, I knew that, that know, TV would be in color, but I had a feeling you had some rabbit ears somewhere.
0: Well, it's it Might have been might have been in the. Uh, been in the garage or something like that but yeah as far as the ones that so active use you know we had a nice big huge uh wood panel crt
1: <laughs> yeah uh either way though so yeah these special effects are not the originals quote unquote like they didn't just copy and paste it and like i feel like on a dvd you should always have the originals available so i don't know if they had tng originals available that you know wasn't like upscaled and everything i don't know if they did that um i feel weirder with tos though because tos it's a much larger gap so with tos it's kind of like come on guys like it's really weird that you know we've we have all these special effects and then we come see everybody else and you can tell that it's you know a 50 year old production with tng i'm not saying it feels like they made it yesterday but the gap being much shorter there's only certain scenes where there's way too much noise that i'm like and I say noise, I'm referring to video noise, that you could see like, ooh, this is they didn't film they didn't have good lighting in that one shot. Or something yeah, like or that.
0: You can see the, or you can see the box. You know, I know I know with a lot of the H D uh remasters you can still you can better see the box around like the models and stuff like that. I think there was one episode where uh or it was uh, no, it was I think it was Rath Khan it was in in hd that the uh, there's one there was a shot of the uh, the enterprise approaching a space station you could totally see the uh, i think the box where they composited in the effect
1: yeah so uh god let me tell you something sad uh so i was watching uh there's a show called go say sentai Die ranger uh Die ranger is one of the is a uh, super sentai so it's one of the if, to john that means japanese power rangers so uh, it's one that we didn't get over here but one of the rangers was the white ranger so we got that suit but we didn't get the whole show like we, we got like certain clips were thrown in maybe like if they fought the monster of the week the monster would be shown but the rangers they never use those suits this is all relevant, John, I swear. So the show opens up every episode with the, uh, one of the rangers, like the Long Red Dragon, It's supposed to be like Shenlong, uh, you know, uh, kind of flying in. And on the TV version, it looks fine. Even the beautiful DVD versions, they look great. But you can still just see it; it looks fine. On one of the movies, got a Blu-ray remaster, and I saw it. And in the Blu-ray, I see it flying because they have the opening theme song in the in the movie. And I feel so bad because as it opens up, I'm like, I can see the strings.
0: Yeah. The way they puppeteered it. Is that a lot of with HD? Is that a lot of this stuff that wasn't meant to be visible now is, and there was no way they could have accounted for it, you know, 30 years ago because they couldn't have predicted how good picture quality would get.
1: And that's why, to a certain extent, I understand someone wanting to, you know, redo something, (laughs) to a certain extent. I actually do understand it, I like wanting to redo the effects. I think the problem really just becomes, you know, once it gets into Lucas territory, I'm like, don't do that.
0: Making arbitrary, you know, additions to the to the, you know, especially when it's Star Wars and you're adding your Star Trek and you're adding Imperial walkers in.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like with Star Trek, I feel like they, even though I'm not the biggest fan of it in TOS, still I think that they were trying to be respectful with it. And trying to do it in a way that makes sense, where it's like, hey, we need this to be compatible with newer TVs, so it like, will will change how a planet looks. We'll change the model for the Enterprise, but it's much different than if they were like, hey, what if on the planet we saw a Klingon just waving? But why though? But why though? That's kind of how I feel uh, about the uh, yeah, special yeah, effects but, with you know Star yeah, Wars was, v. Star and
0: Trek. Definitely, that could be a uh... Um Yeah you know, then that and that and that could be a whole other podcast is you know of the changes oh, that were god. made to the, the different versions of Star Wars which were which were justified and which weren't. But Oh no no uh, no, no no
1: we can't go there now. Uh but either way though, yeah, I, I I do feel like this episode was definitely one of the better ones. I do think that um oh god, I can't believe I've forgotten her name, the empath. Uh Troy. Troy, thank you i think i loved her inclusion in the episode even though she wasn't really she was sitting around most of it but still i do think that it made sense that she's like yeah i don't like him but that other being that's interesting like it builds him up like it's it wasn't necessarily a huge twist that there was something up with the assistant with the traveler um but i still like that they built it up in a way where you know it it did make sense it wasn't just a shamalanian twist
0: yeah exactly exactly
1: so, yeah, I I honestly think that this, you know, again, one of the best so far, if not the best. I mean, again, very low bar, but still accurate. Uh, do you have a favorite scene in the episode as we're kind of wrapping things up?
0: In this particular episode, I, I liked, I mean, I like the actual engine test scene uh, because, like I said, they're building up a lot of excitement. Like, you know, they're they're testing out this new propulsion system it's gonna let them go faster than they have ever gone before and they're um I'm a big sound- you know score and soundtrack guy, and the the music means a lot to me in a in a mm. t v show or a movie and so as they're getting the you know prepping the ship to make this big jump with this new experimental engine you have the 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 theme song is uh you know playlist strains of it are playing and I, I thought that was kind of cool and built up a lot of like the heroic anticipation and things like that um and uh you know, the, the, the end part where, um, you know, you get, you get really, really get a sense of Patrick Stewart's warmth uh, as well as his authority because I think he's telling everybody that, uh, oh, you know, focus on your, your, your duties or on the well-being of the Traveler. Think of him as a, uh, a friend that you care deeply for. And I was like, there's a lot of Patrick Stewart in that line, and I, I thought it was really cool.
1: But how um, funny is it? Like, we must be careful of the Traveler. Also, if anyone sees Wesley, hit him for me. Thank you.
0: Exactly but and also what it was was that it was his it, you know and, and it, it was a little bit strange because this is what, like I said this is when they were still trying to make Picard a bit more of a hard ass and mm-hmm. he, so he goes from saying everybody you know think about focus on the well being of the traveler, and then he orders you know red alert with blaring alarms and things like that, which isn't going to really help you focus on anything, but you know that's another story, but yeah, so that, there was there were there were definitely some good good moments in the uh in the episode, and um
1: I think you know, huh. I don't know, I think, oh, my favorite part, as, a like, a small little note, where it's just, like, I know, like, Troy had to be there, but it's just kind of funny, Riker's just like, uh, I'm gonna bring Troy. Oh, of course, you two. Why would it be weird that you two are going off to do something? Yes, of course, Captain.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and, and keep in mind, like I said, with Troy, I think Troy is lucky that she had, uh... You no, know, well, not, not that Troy is lucky that she had any, anything to do in the episode, but at this point they were kind of uh, they were actually thinking of writing her out of the show because oh, they were God. having trouble they were having trouble thinking of things to have her do because um, you know they they I think they 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 like the concept of having like an, an empath and a and a counselor right right on the bridge right at the captain's right right hand, but I think they were a a you know the writers at this point were were very bad at writing for female characters um which i think to this day ends up being a problem with a lot of male writers but that's you know again that's a whole other story but um you know they were were really weren't really sure what to do with her at this point
1: here's what they should have done all right let me let me paint the picture for you john they should have had her uh wesley should have been freaking out over something i don't know what maybe like his toy truck wasn't going through the hole or something and so he's freaking out and all of a sudden she's like, what's wrong? And she touches him and she starts to burn up. And she says, oh my goodness, you're... And then she just turns to dust. And then Wesley gains her powers. And so now Wesley is also an empath. That's what they should have done. Because at this point, I mean, what was Wesley going to do other than be God? He, they yeah. had nothing for him. Other than being Jesus Christ
0: yeah yeah so there were still there were still a little, a little bit of growing pains as they figured out everybody's role in the ensemble, and like i said t n g was a lot more, a lot more of an ensemble show than t o s was but it took a little while for them to get the you know the, the chemistry between the characters down but once they did, you know like i said it really it really took off
1: I love how you no sold everything I just said <laughs> complete no sell you're like that does make sense. they would do that Matt anyway, am I the Wesley to you? Is that what you just did to me no. <laughs>
0: No, the only, the only, the only uh, similarity I have to Wesley in this episode is that I'm sure he would rock a pumpkin, uh, orange pumpkin sweater.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, fall is coming up. Or if, when this is coming out, fall is here. Um,
0: <laughs> yes, it's yeah. been fall for some weeks now here. in Perhaps. In, in whenever. <laughs>
1: in whenever land. Where uh, But anyway, I, no, I think my favorite part of the episode, honestly, in a weird way it kind of may have been the part where we have uh, the Traveler saying, yeah, no, watch that boy. Because at this point, it's like, honestly, now I'm intrigued. I don't like it, but I'm intrigued. And so it is kind of sad, even though it was the smart decision to kind of downplay that. In a way, it is kind of sad narratively that they're just like, yeah, let's never do that again.
0: What, as far as like the... uh...
1: Wesley being whatever. Because like even though, I don't like that... I don't like the scene where the traveler looks at Wesley and is like, "Don't talk to them about these things," because it's like, they're "Dude, really they're forward. not gonna understand you anyway." Like what? Like they're not gonna lock them up in a mental institution? They don't have those anymore, assumingly. Like and they. They... Probably,
0: um, they probably wouldn't even have, like listened to him because the theme of the episode is that nobody listens to Wesley. Exactly. <laughs> even when he's uh, you know, even when he's right, which again. Oh. I, literally, Picard's like, "Why didn't you say
1: anything?" I'm sorry, I sir. I didn't listen to him. Please, Riker. It's okay. Don't worry, Wesley. Why didn't you tell him harder?
0: Yeah, yeah. So I, again, that, that's 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 another turn on the the adults are assholes and Wesley's smarter than anyone gives him credit for. Blah 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 blah. And which again is a lot of I I feel like if I'm if I, and I and I'm sorry if I'm being un- uncharitable to the man, but mm. I also feel that's a, like a lot of uh, Gene Roddenberry's. Uh, you know, I'm a misunderstood genius kind of kind of complex coming through.
1: Man, that guy did a lot of drugs. Anyway, um, I mean, it's a side note, but it's accurate. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm just, I don't know. I feel as if, uh, I, even though I didn't like it, they were building up to it. So why wouldn't you at least slightly pull the trigger? Man, you know, I don't know how you would do it, but it is kind of sad that eventually we're going to move away from this. I'm not saying it was good. I'm just saying that narratively it feels odd that it's just like, there are certain things that I'm happy that they're going to stop talking about in later seasons, but I think this is one of those things where it's like, damn, you were you were too much. It's too much, but you were building it so much that in a weird way, that actually piqued my interest strangely. And again, everyone treats him like such an asshole, or yeah, like he's an asshole and they're assholes in doing it, that it kind of does make me sit there and not, I don't want him to like run rough shot. He already tangly did that a few episodes ago and I didn't like it. Um, but, actually, you know what's funny, dude? They really should have flipped the order of the episodes, because if this one came out first, and then he was drunk, taking over the ship, it would make a lot more sense, wouldn't it?
0: Meaning, like, uh, you know, like, this episode happened, and then he, and then he had his fantasy about taking the ship over, and acting on it when he was, you know, well, yeah, because if he was disenfranchised by the fact that nobody was listening to him, then yeah, that would yeah. probably that might that might ring a little bit truer.
1: It's so odd that they didn't put that one first. I wonder if it was maybe potentially thought that way, and they were like, "No, we have to flip it for some reason." Because, dude, it's super odd that they just didn't do that because it makes no sense. Like, by the time this episode comes around, for some people, they thought he was so insufferable. Him being Jesus makes them piss, and they're probably rooting for Picard and Riker to knock him out. He's just a kid. But like he is so insufferable at this point, because he it's literally funny. took
0: over the ship. It's it's funny though because you're you're mentioning it. I don't know I don't know if you've actually gotten out this in, in TOS, but it, what you're describing is actually almost sounds like a certain TOS episode where there's this like superpowered teenager that uh, Kirk and Spock have to like. Out, oh, out Charlie with. X. Charlie. It sounds like you're Danan, about Charlie X, but with Wesley.
1: Kind of, yeah. A little bit.
0: Yes. I may <laughs> a have darker turn on the where you know, where rather than just being an insufferable know it all, he's like a you know, little Anthony type uh, Twilight Zone figure.
1: That's actually kinda of funny. So Anthony Toto, who I uh, podcast with uh Star Trek TOS, we I pod, podcast that with him, podcast was with you. So when we did Charlie X, I may have made a reference to it being like Wesley. I may have
0: it's like what what if what, what if Wesley actually did have superpowers and and it, and it just went terribly terribly oh, wrong
1: oh my god uh, i hope you see the engine guy again he seemed chill he seemed like a
0: normal dude oh what was oh uh, Oh, argyle yeah so um in the first season there really wasn't a permanent chief engineer there was kind of re- of a revolving door of uh different characters i think argyle who who was one of the ch- you know chief engineers appeared a few times where do they drop he him was off the closest- was that?
1: Where do they drop them off? It's a it's a rotating position. Where do they drop the other ones off?
0: Oh, I don't know. I don't know, and I don't know what you do when it's not your turn. Like, do you go? Yeah. You go. <laughs> you know? Do they do they drop you off somewhere? Do you go work in the mess hall instead or something? I don't know, but um, but, but yeah, it was um. I think Biff Yeager was the actor's name, and he was. There was some kind of weird thing where I think he was. He was the closest thing to becoming like a permanent chief engineer on the show before you know Jordy just took over in, in season two. But supposedly he started like a fake letter writing campaign to get him made like a permanent chief engineer, and he was like forging letters from fans or something. I don't know. It was some kind of weird story behind it.
1: First of all, because no one's getting hurt by it, like nobody got killed. I admire his effort two the fact that he didn't get it but a but a character named Laforge got it is fucking hilarious
0: <laughs> he laforge those fan letters but um That's what i do fucking hilarious is that he's a he's a chubby guy and there's almost none of those in next gen
1: yeah no like he just looks like a normal dude like everybody else is like fantastical in some way and he's just like hey guys what's up i'm your i'm your chief engineer fucks up like i don't know like he just seems like a he seems like a dude who i would want at the kegger i'm just saying he just seems normal we could have a nice conversation like everyone else just seems like they're all like in their own little worlds and he's just like look man i'm just trying to like help out the ship but not in like a way that's like really
0: out there in a remake he could be played by seth rogan
1: <laughs> oh god i just imagine when i hear seth rogan now i just picture him laughing um that's all I hear in my head is seth rogan's uh uh raspy laughter <laughs> um,
0: hey guys, what's what's going on with this new work warp? Warp <laughs> um
1: but no i i don't know i really liked him like he didn't really do much but like I, something about his he was chill but yet somehow intense i liked it
0: yeah he was uh he wasn't he wasn't bad he was a he was a fairly decent uh you know, fairly decent character for, for, what, for what he was and for what he did and for how long he lasted.
1: No, I just loved it. Him and uh, and uh, Riker just didn't trust Kaczynski immediately, and that's good. And, uh, by the way, it shows Picard's willingness in his crew to be like, you know what, fine. Take care of it. Because yeah. he could have went down himself. You know, he could have been like, ah, don't worry about it, I'm going to go see what's going on. But he's like, hey, you too. you know what, you have problems with it, then fine. Like, talk to him. We'll see what's up. And then I love it, where Riker's just like, you can go to the captain. Answer's not going to change.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, so he delegates. And also, like, just their unease with having him mess around with their engines, too. Like, uh, you know, I said they, they're, they're basically trusting this guy in his new miracle formula that, you know, will, will help him go, uh, you know, go, which which actually is funny because I think they actually they go beyond Warp 9, and according to a Voyager of episode, a, a later Voyager episode, which which was considered so bad that it was erased from the canon, making you go going faster than warp nine turns you into a salamander.
1: <laughs> Could you imagine if for the entire episode they all just didn't know they were salamanders? <laughs> like we didn't see it. But they were like Q is laughing somewhere. Like they're all salamanders.
0: <laughs> like they just didn't know. That would have been, they that were would have been an interesting, an interesting retcon.
1: They were all just flopping around. Could you know? Honestly, I would if the new Picard show doesn't have him referencing the 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 episode they became salamanders. I would I would be upset. <laughs>
0: Yeah. No. And honestly, like I think of all the characters to bring back for the, uh, you know, like I said, I I I won't, I won't speak any more about the Voyager episode because you need to see it for yourself to truly believe. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, uh, I think Janeway and Paris's um, Salamander children need to need to make an appearance in the Picard show.
1: Yeah. I'm not. I don't wanna. I don't wanna talk about that. Anyway. I don't. I don't wanna. I don't know what about. Anyway. So. Uh, I think we're. I think we we've reached peak. We have reached the peak. We're done. Uh, I don't know what to say other than thank you all so much for tuning in, as always. If you're watching this through our Those Guys on the Radio channel, thank you so much. Please remember to like and subscribe. If you're watching this through our Blog Talk Radio account, which is blogtalkradio.com slash thoseguysontheradio, thank you so much as well. And also, you could be watching this through our iTunes, searching up Those Guys on iTunes, and downloading our stuff, and listening to us on the go. No matter how you're watching or listening to this, thank you so much, and hopefully you tune in next time for another episode of Star Trek Thursday. So, love you all, take care, tune in next time, and see ya.
0: In which John gets banned from the show for Discussing Threshold. (laughs) With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry.